seated. I suppose if you'd like to stand, you may do that as well, but we'll take a little minute to uh, meditate, so perhaps you'd like to have that time to sit down. I wanted to pause as I start and just take a look, just look at you. I hope that doesn't creep you out. All right, maybe look at most of you, not at all. No, I'm kidding. I shouldn't say that either, should I? No, it's just good to, it's good to see you. I'm glad to see you. Uh, I'm glad to have a sense of, of peace, a sense of calm, a sense of joy and steadfastness as I, as I see you. It's not a disheartening sight in any way. You know, it, it's so good to see you at, at Christmas and to be with you as we have this opportunity to, to hear again and to remember again and to take to heart again uh, the, the meaning of Christmas. And I want you to have that same thing. I don't know how you feel as you look around and uh, maybe you have to look at me the whole time, but I, I want you to have the same sense, the same sense of peace and, and joy because we certainly have experienced enough chaos, whether your chaos for the year has been job loss or heartache from death or family loss, or it's been just the chaos of isolation and and loneliness, and that's a, its own kind of, of chaos. You know, the, the Hebrew Bible, the, the book of Genesis begins by saying that the earth is formless and empty, and another way to translate that word is it was, it was chaotic, not chaotic of, of everything, but it was chaotic of basically nothing. Uh, that is its own kind, and I don't want to, us to have that today. I want us to have what the angel says, that the message of the angels says this. It says, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. What, is, what do the angels want us to have as we look at the manger, as we look at the Christmas scene, as we, we hear this story, we ponder it, and we fix our minds on it? Peace, right? That's the one thing. This whole story should be true to you. I could give you all of the historical facts, all of the background to, to get, fill it in, and we could argue through the, the moral reasons to believe that God exists, but it also needs to be good. It needs to be good for you and me. We should be able to look at each other and have a sense of peace. Because what's the Christmas message? The Christmas message is not that God has abandoned us and forgotten us and that we can just do whatever we want. That would be chaos. Neither is the Christmas message that God has come with a destructive army and he's on a rampage to destroy. Certainly there have been some religious movements and religious groups at times that have wanted that. That's how the Jews expected God to come. God to come with a mighty army and to destroy. But that is not the Christmas message either. The Christmas message is that God is here. He is here with you and he is here for you. He is here to do what you and I can't and won't do. And how can you not love him for that? There's so many ways to, to mess this up, isn't there? You know, you ask some people, do you have a sense of peace, calm, steadfastness? They say, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I got lots of calm in my life. I'm calm, very calm. I got a solid foundation. I don't know if they get the, the Christmas message. I don't think that's necessarily getting the Christmas message. Uh, you know, and you ask other people, ah, oh, the world is so chaotic. Everything is just falling apart. That's certainly not uh, the Christmas message, right? Because the Christmas message, somebody who gets the Christmas message says this, it says, I know I've 
offended God, and I know I've made God mad, and I've hurt God, and yet I see that God wants to be with me more than anything else in the whole world, and that is just wonderful. I want to be with Him. That's what somebody says who gets the Christmas message. They say, I I realize I've made God mad, and I've hurt Him, but I see that He wants to be with me more than anything, and I want to be with, with Him. That's what getting the Christmas message sounds like. You know, I just to give an illustration, right, a, a little picture of what that looks like. As a father, you never realize, well, maybe, I never realized how many times I would have to not just teach my kids how to say I'm sorry, but what it feels like, how to, you know, emotionally come to grips with it and work it into your, your worldview, your perspective of, of saying I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, you come to your kids and you have to say to them, okay, this is the right time to actually apologize. I know you don't know that you're supposed to apologize, but you're supposed to apologize right now. That's the right thing to do. And I want you to know that, uh, that you can be confident when you apologize to me that I'm going to forgive you. And then you should know that after you apologize, that, that is going to change a lot of things for us. It's not, things are not going to go back to just the way they are because you're going to be more confident that I am with you and I love you and I'm going to be more confident that you want to stick with me in this relationship And then, not only that, you're going to be more confident that you can have mistakes and failures, and you will be forgiven still. You can change in them, right? You've got to teach your kids those things. That's what somebody says. You and I, as we look at the Christmas message, we say, you know, I, I know what I've done wrong, but I am not ashamed, and yet I won't flaunt it either. I'm not going to flaunt what I've done, and I'm not ashamed either of, of what I've done. I'm going to say, God, I can see I've made you mad, but more than anything, I know how much you want to be with me. Now, that's, a, that's real. That's very honest, very forthright. Is that a message that you can put into your home, your family this Christmas? How do we put that into our Christmases? I think you have to start, well, I don't think, I know. The Bible says you have to start and you have to ask yourself, how do I, how do I mess myself up? How do I mess other people up? Right? What, what pushes people away and, and what brings people in? One of the ways that uh, people have pictured this for us, C.S. Lewis had this little illustration. He, he talked about, you know, he said, if your car breaks down, you can try to fix your car yourself. Let's say your, your, your muffler is hanging off, right? And you go get a piece of duct tape and you just tape it over the top of your muffler and say, oh, that'll work, right? No, you have to actually go and ask the manufacturer or somebody that the manufacturer is told how to fix your car. Here's most likely what's going to work to fix your car. And if you're really smart, you can tweak it and change it and add a little invention to it, but you have to make it more or less work the same way the manufacturer worked, made it work. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck on the side of the road. And that's the same thing. You've got to, you can't have peace at Christmas without God. God says peace comes this way. He put it in this verse. He said, in one body to reconcile them, that's all people, to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. You know what he's talking about in that verse? He's talking about the manger. He's talking about the manger that sat in that first Christmas house. He's talking about a manger that eventually led to a cross. You and I, he says, we need to be able to look at that manger and realize that that manger is, is not just a cute baby, although it is. It doesn't just sit out there. That baby doesn't just sit there so that we can adore him, although he does. 
He sits there so that he's shown to the world as the sacrifice. He is the one who has come to take away the hostility between us and God and then to take us from here to God. He is there to usher us into the presence of God himself. He's the one who says, look, you get to be right with God so that your sin is all gone and you can know God for who he really is. There was a, an old illustration from uh, the Civil War, uh, Lincoln, I think it was. There was a soldier who came back after the Civil War he had been unjustly defrauded of his lands. And he kept trying to get in to see President Lincoln so that he could get his land back. The soldiers wouldn't let him onto the White House grounds. One day a little boy came outside and he saw him there looking all dejected and sad. He asked what was wrong. The soldier told him what was wrong. All of a sudden the soldier said, or the little boy said, all right, let's go. And he, he led him right up to the guard shack and the soldiers stood at attention, and they just let him walk right through. And the, the man said, this is kind of weird. And the little boy led him right up into the, the library, the presidential library. And he thought, this is really strange. And, and then the, the little boy introduced the soldier and he said, this is President Lincoln, this is my father. And the little boy was, was Tad Lincoln, Lincoln's son. That's what you and I get to see in the manger. We see uh, not, a, not just a cute baby we see that God has come in his Son so that you and I can know God. Peace does not come from earth, but it has come onto earth. And what's that peace going to look like for you, for me, for each of us? Something different, certainly, probably for all of us. For some of us, it might look like reconciliation. We've got friends or neighbors or maybe co-workers that we've been squabbling with and it's time to take that peace and to reconcile. For others, it might be that we get to overcome anxiety. We look at that manger and we say, yes, it really will all be okay. God has come to make it all okay, and it will all be okay, even if it's not perfect today. And we get that peace. Maybe it looks like the end of wars. Maybe you get to be the person who, who campaigns and works vigilantly to end wars, for real, to have that peace. And you know, for some of us, it might just look like singing and dancing. There's a, there's a place in the Bible where it says that the trees laughed and danced when the, when the judge, when the sun came. Maybe it just looks like singing and dancing. Whatever it is, don't fall for fake peace. It, it was so easy to stand up and to say, you know, I've got my thing, you've got your thing. We each get to do whatever we want, and, and nobody gets to get involved in each other's business, and that, that's not real peace. Real peace says, I realize that there is hostility between me and God, between me and other people. But I can tell now that even though I'm mad at God and God is mad at me, he wants nothing more than to be with me. And how can I not want to be with him? Peace has come to earth. Let's pray for that peace for you and for me. Heavenly Father, thank you for coming to earth so that we might have peace. Not just a feeling of peace, not just an end of hostilities, but real peace that changes lives. We pray that we might not fall for all the kinds of fake peace that cover over uh, the, the, the real issues and conflicts of life with veneer and, and, uh, and, and, and ignorance, but rather would fill us with the real sense of peace that takes away hostility, forgives sins, and opens a door for us to know God himself. We pray for this peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Amen. We're going to join now in, um, in gathering our, our offering. We're not taking a physical offering. If you'd like to give an offering,